Hello, everyone. Just wanted to let you know we have a bit of an audio problem with this episode. Um, it doesn't sound too bad, but uh, my voice is a little quiet during the entire episode, so I thought I'd give you guys some uh, nicely recorded, bassy version of my voice right up front. Um, stick with us. It's not entirely bad, but uh, I promise next episode we'll uh, have our quality back up to uh, what you know and expect from uh, Fergie and myself. So, uh, enjoy! Are you the only one to count us down? No. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> welcome to another episode of the Winter is Coming Fantasy Hockey Podcast, a podcast about a fantasy league that you're not in with people you don't know. Except yeah, an extra person that you don't know. Yes, too. exactly. Um, but uh, today we have a very special episode, kind of the first in a, in a series that we're hoping to do. Uh as we've kind of learned with a lot of our previous attempts at different types of series, Dylan, we, it's very important that we don't actually commit to anything. Yeah. But this is definitely part one of our uh, of our NHL fandom series. Uh, where we ca- you just came up with that now. I did. Um, and basically what it is, it's going to be us looking at all the different league, all the different teams of the league. And there's always these, one of the things that we've always really enjoyed about hockey is kind of the, the meta of being a fan. So Dylan and I being big Vancouver Canucks fans, Everyone has a story about when they met a Sedin and how nice they were. Everybody has a, a rumor <laughs> about... We've told it a few times. Uh, everybody has a story about how, how much of a dick Ryan Kessler is. Uh, to times he slept with somebody's wife. Exactly. Uh, and everybody has a, a story about how uh, why Luongo actually left the Canucks or we <laughs> traded him. Uh, and we want to find out what all those stories and all those things are. But of course, find out some maybe some sleeper fantasy advice that... Uh, all those pundits online can't find out. So we're going to talk to some super fans uh, from around the league. So today, who do we have, Dylan? Uh, we have Jason from uh, Blues Hockey Podcast. Hello, Jason. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing tonight? We're, we're good. We got that right, right? The Blues Hockey Podcast? Yeah, that's correct. You're correct. <laughs> okay. I know, very original, I know. <laughs> Imagine if we had just introduced like, the guy from Carolina. I can make it work. Well, thank you I for coming. So. Thank you for being on the no podcast. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Our first question, Jason, is uh, why are you a blues fan? So uh, I grew up uh, and currently live in St. Louis. Um, I, I guess the big reason is, which a lot of people obviously is pretty obvious, is uh, Brett Hall. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Yes, of course. So, um, obviously, does he was, have a nickname? Uh, the gold be the Golden Brett would be his uh, name after. <laughs> golden Brett. His dad was the Golden Jet, so they kind of just carry that over. So, but, um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just having him and him being like a you know very huge you know big deal in NHL back then, you got to consider he's probably was up there with Will Amuse and the Gretzky and you know uh, other you know high caliber players back then. You know, but um, having him basically, mm-hmm. they call. Oh, what's it called now? This it's called the Enterprise Center now. We're on our fourth name for our arena right now. <laughs> no um, way. <laughs> yeah, we were originally it was the Keel Center. Um and then we went to uh the Savas Center and we went to the Scott Trade Center. Scott Trade Center, okay. That's the most recent one that I remember. Yes, and now we just season we just turned it into the Enterprise Center. We had a bunch of upgrades and so some we- other stuff, so yeah. Enterprise Rent-A-Car? Correct. Uh, their main, uh, okay. the person who started Enterprise is from St. Louis, and they're also part of our ownership group, so it kind of, kind of went hand in hand. So uh, there you go. Yeah. So uh, he basically that they said, uh, well, let's say Enterprise Center is the uh, arena that uh, Hall built, which is true because it wasn't for him. Blues <laughs> um, hockey has always been, I think, pretty decently popular here. It's always going to be a baseball town because the St. Louis Cardinals are extremely, extremely successful with uh, eleven championships now. Um, yeah, but the Blues. I've been made of some inroads ever since um, the Rams left town. So we we lost okay. two football teams now. If you if you're counting, <laughs> the Blues then like the second uh, second team in the city. Yeah, after the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's always like that. The uh, Cardinals pull in you know almost over three million fans a year. So I mean um, the Blues, the new ownership group, which is all local, uh, has done a, in my opinion a very good job of. Um, engaging with the community and you know helping bring people back in and making it you know fun to go to games and uh just generally making you uh feel part of the uh 
team. So I kind of like what like what they're doing. The owner Tom Stillman is very, uh, um, I guess I say hands on, as in like he uh, loves to do community events. Loves to he the beginning of every season, uh, opening night, he's at the front gates shaking hands with fans as they walk in. That's okay. So in Vancouver, we have a very, uh, I guess. I don't know how you would describe him. He's he's kind of awkward, Francesco Aquilini, yeah. the owner of the Canucks. And he's very recently tried to be more of a public figure. He owns, him and his family own like, I'd say 30% of Vancouver, just the land in Vancouver. Oh, wow. Um, and so like very recently, he's been like live tweeting games and talking about like the mm-hmm. rebuild. Not yeah. to the extent of like a Eugene Melnick. <laughs> yeah. Well, in yeah. Ottawa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's funny that like somebody I'm not familiar with a hockey owner that can be like popular. We I only know a hockey owner that can be like meddling or uh, or very hands off, too hands off. Yeah, yeah, or too hands on to the point where he's like making decisions about who's playing on the ice, and you're like, well, you've hired people to do that, so <laughs> maybe maybe back off. But it's interesting to hear that that in St. Louis, would you say he's like a, a like a liked guy, a well a well liked guy? Yeah, it's especially about um, amongst fans compared to our last owner was um, huh. the Blues uh, coming out of the lockout of 2004, 2005 season. That around that time, um, the yeah. Blues were sold. They were owned by another local guy, Bill Lowry, who is the his wife is um, the daughter of the of the guy who started Walmart. So he they have money. Uh, um, okay, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> um, they we have one of the highest payrolls. That's when the team was rolling back in the day. And um, they were losing thirty to forty million dollars a year, uh, and then wow. they, uh, yeah, they wound up uh, basically stripping the team down. The whole Pronger trade, um, getting he got rid of Quenville. Yeah, they, basically him and Quenville uh, just decided to part ways because the team was stuck in perennial and they couldn't get past the second round. We only had one trip to the conference finals, and that was against Colorado. The Canucks remember that. <laughs> the Canucks remember you guys not getting out of the second round. <laughs> Yeah, we were perennially stuck, and 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 you're welcome for the uh, uh, Dan Quinn Garth Butcher trade. So, um, so, but yeah, they pretty much uh, got stuck back in the day. The so Bill Lowry basically stripped the team to sell it for cheap, sold it to Dave Checkets, who basically was just an investment firm guy, made a lot of bad yeah. deals that are still going on right now. He basically sold the um, revenue for all our concessions for 15 years. <laughs> he basically took he sold them to somebody else the, the company like the company that i guess provides it uh, if i get it right um he basically sold it for a lump sum and a very small oh, percentage oh. of it so basically all the money it's made on your nine dollar beers like the blues maybe get like 50 cents of it i'm just i'm, oh, estimating, I'm, estimating, I'm estimating that by the way i'm not 100 sure but it's basically but they it, get nothing for another drives the point that's for yeah sure. another two i think it's another two years and then that mm. deal's over along with our TV deal. So I think, um, so in two years you guys will be able to sign, uh, like, I guess what, who, who, who would you be able to sign in two years? I don't know, a goalie. Some, some goalie. A goalie. <laughs> a goalie. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking Bobrovsky, but that's this year. He's, he's not going to be available this, uh, he's going to be available this year, I guess. Yeah. He'll probably be, he might be available for the end of the, uh, the season. It depends how he's starting to turn around though. It looks like so. I was looking at some past St. Louis Blues goalies, and you guys have gotten a lot of like really iconic franchise cornerstone goalies just at the tail end. Like you guys signed Chris <laughs> Osgood at one point, we're, and then yeah, we're uh, the home and Martin Brodeur. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're, yeah. We're the home of like the your you need a last payday. We'll, we'll pay yeah. you. Um, so I look forward to you guys signing like Roberto Luongo in like what, five years. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> or. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, they we have a very myriad of uh, goalies. Um, we really haven't. Ha- I mean, I guess if you consider the Curtis Joseph uh, was kind of like the last. Like this guy to be a franchise. Goalie. Oh, I had Cujo That's too. Yeah. yeah. Well, then, I mean, you guys have been nice enough to give Jake Allen his last contract too, right? Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> so, He's not playing after that contract. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's going to be the. Uh, yeah, he's basically we're stuck with that for it's gonna be uh <laughs> it's gonna be another two years to have it unless we basically trade a bad contract for a bad contract. Um, you guys need that beer money. Let's just put it that. <laughs> yeah, they need something. Need that beer money. Yeah, I mean we're a, we're fifth uh, overall in the league right now in payroll. So I mean we're a cap team, which is so saying something for ownership group that um while they do have like some bigger names in it, like the guy who owns Enterprise, um 
Yeah. Uh, the, Tom Stillman uh, owns like a, uh, obviously Anheuser Busch is based here. Um, he owns like the distributorship for like it's the second biggest thing. So he's basically kind of a big player in that. So that's where he makes his money. Um, a lot of the ownership are guys at um, uh, Worldwide Technologies is another one. It's like a very big tech company that's up and coming, mm. and they're based in St. Louis. Um, their ownership is there. So there's lots of money in the team. There's a lot of money there. So I mean the ownership is willing to spend the money. That's the the great thing, and and they consider this. Um, uh, they could, I think Tom Stillman's exact words were, it's a civic duty. It's not a, like, they had a, they didn't say who it was. He said they had somebody who wanted to come in on the ownership group recently. And they sat down and the guy asked what their ROI is, which is return on investment. Tom Stillman yeah. said, I don't think you're the right you fit for us. You don't ask that when you buy it. <laughs> yeah. And, you and, don't ask that. Yeah. And it's a wrong question. This is a civic thing, you know, and the Blues have done a lot of, like, um, changes and cutting stuff and just kind of making some changes to make money and according to uh, i think forbes this year we actually made money for the first time in quite some time last year uh wow so okay. it, I mean, <laughs> not much but i mean we were in the red for a long time and the ownership really like was still spending money to put a quality team out there and losing money so to me that's a big deal saying like they know that it's yeah. going to be losing money but they want to put the best product out there because they want this team they want the city to have a championship so um, I know the ownership's all in right now. Um, there's kind of a little uh, thing going on <laughs> behind the scenes right now, which really hasn't been talked about too much, is that the team technically is up for sale right now. Um, oh. oh, is this exclusive? Are you giving <laughs> Oh, no. It's, it's, it's kind of like a – it's not really talked about. That's the thing. It's just like what nobody really knows. Um, the former ownership group, when they sold it, kept a piece of the team. Not much, but a small piece of the team. But we don't know how much. It could be – 10%, 20%, or even, you know, 30% for all we know. And they, mm. and one of the agreement was after they would sell it five years after the, the original purchase date, which is passed already. So, um, that has really been talked about. Like a lot of the media people, um, fans of the choir heard that, about it, but nothing's really been said about it. Do you think that we could get in on a piece of that? We already have, we have a domain already. Shoes. I'm not sure. If you're familiar with that. You have a chance. Handle. <laughs> let's see I, I think if i had it what's i believe the number of the team is valued up to i think it's up to a 300 million dollar range so if you got about an extra yeah, okay. like 30 to 40 million dollars lying around i think you got a shot okay, okay we'll we'll check our <laughs> we'll check our assets and our and our uh our investments yeah <laughs> do you want in on this too yeah. we can both get in on yeah it. we i always said well, if uh here in, I guess, uh, I guess they had recently the lottery in in America was the highest it's ever been. It was a, you could have won yeah. one point six billion dollars. Holy crap! It's what oh it was. Gosh. It's what the it was like. This thing has been growing since I think like June. So they yeah, yeah it just it recently drew. So I I bought a ticket. I'm like hell, it doesn't hurt not to buy one. So <laughs> I was like, if I win it, the first thing I'm just I'm gonna literally go turn a ticket in and march down to Scott Train and be like how much do you want me to pay for the rest of this team? <laughs> <laughs> Would you actually do that if you were, I mean, $1.6 billion. Yeah. Cause like, I even did the math. That's chump change to buy the last 30%. Oh yeah. I even did the math and I'll blues. sit there cause I'm an, yeah. I'm an accountant. So I, you know, do the, I, I did the math of like how much I would get after yeah. taxes and, yeah. and stuff. So I'm like, all yeah. right, I would get it. still. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like 400 something million dollars. So I'm like, yeah. well, Jason, it's your civic duty. <laughs> yeah, correct. I would. Thousand. Yeah. I'd be, I think I'd I kind of like this, a Mark Cuban yeah. owner. I would always be like, that guy like, yeah. wearing uh, a jersey and being like in the third or fourth row, like yelling at the ref. <laughs> You'd so. be on the bench. You'd be that hands on. Yeah, I, I'd, be, I like, I'd be like, Mike, yo, get, get out of here. Like, I got <laughs> So speaking of which, uh, so let's just say that, that that dream comes true. You become either the owner and maybe you want to take on that Mark Cuban or even Jerry Jones April where you become the GM of the team. <laughs> What's your mm-hmm. what's what changes are you making right away? Right away. And and what jersey are they wearing? Yes, because <laughs> you guys have had some. I mean, we've had some clients. Who you ask? He's had some yeah. stinkers and some really nice ones. <laughs> um, I encourage you guys to look up the um, jersey that was rejected by Mike Keenan. Oh, it, is that the like the, the cl- cool blue is what? Yes, I have seen this okay. one. Yeah, yes, that's the one that's. Uh, I've seen those at games where people have found a company that would make them for him. Oh no! Oh, they actually, oh yeah. People, Wait, yeah. they never wore that. No, that was reject. Mike Keenan's like even Mike Keenan, who of all his faults that he had, actually said, "We're not wearing that on the ice." 
and I thought it was I like to imagine great. there was uh, a couple of years ago there's this uh Chris Sale who's now in the the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh he he was supposed to pitch when the uh, he was on the 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 Chicago White Sox before. And he was supposed to pitch when there was like these really cool retro jerseys out, but then at the last minute he got subbed. And he was really pissed because they would, weren't going to wear them for the rest of the season. So he took a pair of scissors and destroyed everyone's jerseys so no one else would wear them. Oh, yeah, I do. And I, like to, and, that. And I, I, and I like to think that like maybe Mike Keenan probably did the, to those jerseys. He probably burned them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't okay. doubt it, but yeah. So. yeah. so you're bringing back the trumpet jersey. You've already established that. <laughs> no, that you're also firing Mike Yo. Well, yeah, Mike Yo would be uh, a definitely Joel Quinville. I would like to have him back. Uh, as, him back. That's always the one thing oh, yeah. where he was – yeah, he never got over the hump, I guess you could say. But man, but we ran into some of almost in like legendary teams to me. Like a lot of the Detroit teams that were just you can consider yeah. the, the Yeisermans, the, yeah. the Fedorovs, yeah, and, yeah. and the Rafalskis. Had that yeah. team that I mean, literally the only one I can really not make excuse for is the year they won the Presidents Trophy and then lost to uh, San Jose Sharks in seven games in the first round. Outside of oh. that, yeah. <laughs> That was the infamous Roman Turek uh, let a goal in from the uh, red line. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it, it's a, uh, yeah, we've had some. Yeah, Pavel Dimitra, 75 points in 71 games that year. Pierre mm-hmm. Turgeron, Chris Pronger, 62 points in 79 games. Yeah, I mean, that, that Al McInnes was, was still on the team. Yeah, Al yeah. McInnes was still, uh, you know, still playing his all star caliber self. They Marty end- Reisner, great defensive forward. Defensive forward. Uh, yeah, drafted. Ladislav Nagy. Drafted in St. Louis. A guy that we traded for from you guys, I believe. I believe, yeah. The Canucks did at one point. He was yeah. up there for a little bit, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, so you're, teams, yeah. So you're firing Yo. You're bringing back Quenville. What about player movement? Are you doing anything crazy? Um, the one uh, the thing that's been bothering Blues fans lately is, um, unfortunately, is the use of Jay Bo Meester. Yes, I've heard. I've we fall. I that's. I would say thirty percent of your recent tweets have just been about Jay Bomeister, which is unfortunate because yeah, his like, last name is so many characters. You can't express too much, too much opinion of it afterwards. Yeah, me and me and our my co-host Chris are when very kind of like we were pro Jay Bomeister. We were just like, hey, if you put him in the right role yeah. against the right lines, like he's definitely a third pairing penalty kill guy at best with maybe twelve minutes a game. Right, like that's where he does. Unfortunately, Mike Yo was going off reputation from five years ago. Right, and he's playing <laughs> he was on a, a top cal- stud on Calgary. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when the first two years with the Blues, he was great, which is how he got this contract. And that's unfortunate right. with how it's happened because now he's just very much of a shell of himself. Um, and what came out today was um, he's a healthy scratch when the Blues won against cal- uh, Carolina on Tuesday. Um, yeah, and Mike Yo said, "Yeah, he's a sick because his hip is still bothering him." So you're playing him when he's hurt. When you have, <laughs> when you, when you have like two healthy defensemen, one's a younger uh, Jordan Schmaltz, who um, pretty much you know one of the last guys from his draft class in the first he's first rounder to actually play in NHL. But he's starting to make right. some strides finally and be like a serviceable defenseman. And then you keep sitting him. It doesn't make sense to me. And I think it's one of those things where I don't know. I would wait. The contract is untradeable. In the way he's playing, it's one of those things where I would tell the coach, like, you need to sit him unless there's an injury. And if he does play, right. it's a third pairing, 12 minutes a game. If he's more than that, I'm putting him in the AHL and I'll eat the money for the rest of the um, year. I can, I have, a, I have an alternative uh, proposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, say the Joel Quenville thing doesn't work out, you can just make Jay Bomeister the coach, and I, that way he doesn't have to play. Yeah, right now our defense is a, as a wreck. The uh, I coaching was, staff, yeah. this new system yeah. that we uh, implemented, is not great because we're not a fast team, and we're playing <laughs> we're playing man on man, and our the right. it's very uh, watching these guys. Like we don't have a slow team per se, but um, it's just by the third period you've noticed the guys are spent. And right. it's just it's one of those things where they put every run in Mike Van Ryan, who was a former Blues defenseman, and he coached the AHL uh, Arizona Coyotes last year. It's a pretty decent success, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. his new system really isn't working out because Alex Trangelo has gone from a Norris candidate to like a, a guy who like is incompetent in his own end. And I was yeah, I was browsing HF boards, and there's a lot of Petrangelo (laughs) trade proposals. It's crazy because like the Blues have been regarded as like an amazing defensive team for like so many years with these guys that are on Olympic teams and All Star teams, and Mm. 
Yeah. It's kind of sad. It like kind of makes me sad. <laughs> like, uh, Petrangelo, no. But remember, last year during the All-Star game, everyone was like, Petrangelo's going to win the skills yeah. relay because he has all these amazing skills. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden. Like, it's <laughs> kind of sad. It's like watching, it's like watching these like, I, I mean. It's like watching the Sedins <laughs> melt away. It's like watching <laughs> the melt away. Yeah. Um, jo- uh, Jason, have you seen, um, have you seen the the website is Mike Yo still coach.com? Uh yes, I did. Somebody I saw somebody tweet the other day and I was like I was like clicked on it. It's just a big yes. Which is great. So um, it's, it's kind of great. It's kind of great. These ones keep now popping up, just, yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the Blues have an interesting schedule coming up. So after this weekend's games, they have a three day break after Sunday. Oh. I'm thinking, so you're, depending on what yeah. happens, because there's rumors that, my, that Joel Cuomo wants to take a break. He might like kind of see the landscape of the NHL in a couple of months. He might, you know, Wait, Seattle. Yeah, because Dave Tippett's up there, but Dave Tippett might be just helping out. I don't know if he's going to be the coach. He might be the GM. I don't know. They haven't right. really specified. And uh, and him and uh, Tippett and Cuomo are very good friends. So that could happen. Yeah. Um, so a lot of things could happen, but. Um, at the end, of the, and also rumor is that potentially the Blackhawks might not let him talk to like the Blues or under other division rivals. Oh, that's another rumor that's going around that hasn't been nobody's really been able to track that down either in the media either. So, can you can you do that? I guess is he still under contract? You see, I like when you I fire guess it a coach, depends. you still have to pay him, right? Yeah, so that's the thing is he's making like six million dollars a year so for the next two years. So I mean, money. if he he would have to negotiate like a buyout, I think a buyout or just like you know, some kind of out of his contract because technically he's still under yeah. contract. Basically he got, you're not demoted, but basically it's like, you're not the coach anymore, but you're just going to go home and we're still going to pay you. That's pretty much right. from what I kind of gathered. So the Quenville thing, who knows, but uh, yeah, the next, depending on how the San Jose game on tomorrow is, which is Friday. And then on Sunday against Minnesota, which I was at the Minnesota game the first time when they got completely outclassed. Uh, so it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see how those two games go. Right. You kind of mentioned the special teams coach. And uh, recently there was a video uh, from the Ottawa Senators. I don't know if you've heard of it, but there was Uber a, the oh, Ubergate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Of course you heard of it because everybody's been talking about it on Twitter and everywhere and every podcast. Okay. Should we, should we talk about the fact that this Uber driver is a dick first? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That's 100% dick. Why is 100% he releasing the video? Uh, money. <laughs> Yeah. Apparently, he wasn't even paid. No, oh, he really? just did it for the he fun of the game. Oh, <laughs> more of a dick move then. Uh, okay. And the part that made me like uh, the most mad is if you watch the video at the very beginning when they just start talking about how terrible they hate their coach. Yeah. And they're like, uh, if you, you don't know, like we obviously hate our hockey team or yeah. hate our coach yeah. or whatever they said. And he goes, oh, who, who do you play for? And they go, well, Ottawa, was, Ottawa Center. Yeah. And it's like, like, oh, just say something else. Okay. And you can just tell that he's like, record yeah make sure i get this down yeah i know i saw that yeah. I'm like if i was them like why say ottawa like to say something else right like, oh beer league really yeah, yeah exactly but i so, thought that was funny too. Like, mind you not blaming the players at all because like you get that, that no. tape is complete <laughs> everybody that, has everybody that conversation that. yeah yeah like, i'm sure so I'm, oh dude, yeah. everybody hated ken hitchcock guy was successful yeah the players freaking hated him Everybody hates Willie Desjardins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even Brett Hall said, like, I, when he played with him in Dallas, he's like, <laughs> I, he's like, I hate that guy, but he made me a better player and I actually played defense because, yeah, he did play defense in St. Louis. Yeah. You know, and he said he made me a complete player. So, like, he hated him. So, I'm sure he had those conversations. You know, right. So, it's one of the things, unfortunate. And nowadays, you just, you got to be careful. Wasn't Brett Hall was like known for cherry picking. Oh yeah, he would sit around the blue line and just or the red line and just sit there and hover and wait and wait and wait and wait and then wait for that pass <laughs> from the defense or from Adam Oates or Craig Janney or whoever, and just take off and snipe it. Or he would just find the soft spot of the ice and float. I mean, if you watch old games now, which like when I was younger, I'm like, oh Brett Hall, you're awesome, you're fantastic. And then now watching, I'm like, man, he floats really bad. <laughs> but he, uh, but but. He's successful. That's the thing is like the right. guy still buried it though, you know. So mm. can't argue with that. So, yeah. So in the, so in that Uber video, uh, the Ottawa Senators just the the players uh, just absolutely rip into their special teams coach Martin Raymond, which uh, leads me to wonder. Uh, so 
which four players on the Blues would be most likely be caught up in that type of scandal, and what would they be complaining about? Hmm, that's a good question. So, definitely, I can I can rule out definitely our captain Alex Petrangelo is too soft spoken and a guy like not to yes. kind of kind of ruffle feathers. If mm-hmm. I had to look around, if I had to pick a guy, uh, it was last year. I 100 percent would have said Scotty Upshaw. That dude. All right. Yes. Easy. <laughs> it's easy. easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or um, Patrick Berglund would have been okay. the one. Yeah. Did he, did he chirp a lot? Uh, there was a uh, there's some uh, stuff that he did on Twitter that I would lead to think that he would uh, be one of those guys. I, I had rumors about so he was uh, sending uh, unsolicited uh, certain kind of pics. To two girls, <laughs> supposedly. That, yeah. that's, that's going around that apparently confirmed by some uh, girls that are on Blue's Twitter, but yeah. I don't know if that's true. But anyway, <laughs> if I had to pick, mine would be it would probably be. I'm thinking Braden Shen. Braden Shen would be one. He was not happy after last game, the Minnesota game. Uh, yeah. He was out with soreness, but um, I watched it. The, the game was. was uh, yeah. His, uh, <laughs> his feeling about his yeah. He basically was, uh, you could tell, I was. When they came out for the third period, and I was uh, I was pretty close to the ice for uh, once, and they just didn't look like they wanted to be there, right. and it looked bad. So I would say like Braden Shen, another guy, which is he kind of marches to his own beat of his drum, kind of thing, is like Vladimir Tarasenko. Like yes, I could see, I could see, <laughs> okay. for sure. I could see that happening. <laughs> um, another guy, which I man, it's kind of hard because like. Some of those guys, I 100 percent wouldn't know would be for a fact. I was they moved on now. I wouldn't. Mm. Uh, Steen would seem like a guy that might say something like that. Maybe not yeah. as vocal, but he's one of those guys that's a, like a, he's kind of a vocal kind of leader guy yeah. compared to. Trangelos. He's 34. He would have brought people out for dinner. He would be one of the paying. Yeah, right. I feel like Ryan O'Reilly might have been one of those guys. Mm. I don't know. Like he's he's another one of those like, independent thinkers as they yeah. refer to him on. Thirty-one thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is. I mean, with, with us, he's been game. great. Like with us, like no, it's, been, it's yeah. weird because I've heard, I heard a lot of Buffalo people when they made the trade were like, "Oh, we're getting the cancer off our team, thank God," and blah blah. You know, like basically bashing you on the way out. And I'm like, right. Okay. Did say like, I don't know if I want to be back. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the media. Yeah. Right he, after the last game he played. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because that was kind like of a big red mood. flag. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That was a red flag. And part of me was like, okay, what happens if he gets dissatisfied here? What's going to happen? But um, he is kind of embraced his new fresh start, and uh, he works with his line mates. Uh, the line has been clicking very well up until Braden Chen's injury was uh, him, David Perron, and a new young guy, uh, Zach Sandberg. And they were playing extremely well. They would stay after practice for up to like 45 minutes just passing and looking for each other on the ice and kind of figuring out what they want to do on the ice. And you can see that over the last handful of games where they would be the only line that's kind of like had pressure and would look like they're doing something, you know? So I think he's part of me in the old, maybe old Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly. That would be true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but maybe like the St. Louis version so far, I would say no, but I think, right. okay. Shen, Tarasenko, Steen, and I want to say a defenseman. You Just need a young run. defenseman. <laughs> yeah. How about like, like, like a Joel Edmondson or Carl Gunnarsson? I would right, say Gunnarsson Vince Stone. Uh, Vince Dunn, okay. Vince Dunn and uh, uh, Mike Yo had a, a little disagreement earlier this year. Uh, Vince Dunn was playing okay, but the defense in general was playing pretty bad. Um, and he got sat after a really bad play in Chicago that basically cost the Blues an overtime win. Um, oh, okay. Next game, he was, he was sat for two games after that. And after practice, um, Mike Yo came up to him and basically said, hey, we're sitting you and we're going to play uh, Jordan Schmaltz over you. And you could tell he was pissed. And afterwards, media asked him for a uh, uh, comment. And he's like, he's like, go talk to the coach. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, he's complaining. Yeah. yeah. So basically. He's, he's bitching in the Uber. Yeah. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. He's 100%. So that would be my yeah. guess, too. So I think th- it's gotten. Yeah, those guys would be interested to see how it would have been this season compared to how it's going. Because uh, yeah, things aren't going well right now. Totally. So it seems like you're really high on like people like Ryan O'Reilly or Terrence Sango. But like. So of the people in the blues, I kind of looking through the lens of fantasy, like who is the the really good people? Like who are the people that we're either we're trying to trade for or people that we're really happy we have on our team? And before you before you answer that, 
you play fantasy hockey? I do. I actually run a league. So yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. Cool, good. Cool. Yeah. Thirty minutes into a podcast, we actually figure it's a good idea. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no. Where do you play? Do you play on Yahoo? We do or... Yahoo. Yeah, because it seems to me the most confident. Yeah. yeah. Like cool. ESPN. <laughs> Back to the question. Yes. Yeah. So all right. Uh, so who who are we happy about of on the St. Louis Blues from fantasy? Okay. So I had three guys. So depending on what your stats setup is for your league. Um, the obvious one is uh, uh, Tarasenko, and uh, okay. six goals, seven assists so far this year. Four of those, uh, four out of the six have been power play goals. And, yeah, uh, he's become more of a passer this year, and uh, trying to round out his game a little bit instead of being a shoot first type guy, which you kind right. of want to be. He still has deadly, yeah. deadly shot, but he's made some really great passes and some really some have been turning to goals, some have just been great scoring chances. So uh, mm. he's definitely, obviously, a first-round pick, maybe yeah. early second. Fergie, you kind of alluded to this before the season. I did. On the power play where now having Ryan O'Reilly, <laughs> yeah, so, Sanko's points go up. Yeah, last year, like I, your first power play unit was all left-handed shots. Yeah, he had. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then, the, so then you added Ryan O'Reilly, who's a right-handed shot, and it just made me more sense, I guess, in terms of passing he's lanes. Technically, and, he's technically left-handed. Tyler Bozak would be the right-handed shot that they added. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. Tyler Bozak, who's been great so far as well, he's made yeah. out that unit. Um, mm-hmm. And with Pat Maroon, which is another guy, which the net front presence, which has changed the complexion of the power play, which is the Blues are now uh, third in the league. Last year we were thirtieth. Um, we right. We're clicking at thirty point eight percent right now, which is that's crazy. Yeah, which has been great. Unfortunately, that's what they lived on so far, which Maroon worries has, me. <laughs> Maroon's out of Maroon's seven assists, six of those have been on the power play. Correct. Yeah. So he's a. Uh, He's uh, going to be a healthy scratch next game. We just found out today. So, uh, <laughs> what? Yes. So he is. Uh, they're looking to get him is going. Mike still okay. He's still the coach. <laughs> yes. Put Jaybo Meester in. We need him a coach now. Yeah. Oh yeah. We need something done. So another guy that I picked out, which obviously these are really pretty obvious, but uh, Ryan O'Reilly mm-hmm. is leading the way this year. He just had his first career hat trick yeah. last game against Carolina. Seven goals, twelve assists for nineteen points. Um, the thing that sticks out, which is the Blues finished near the bottom of the league last year. I, believe, I have marked down as 24th in the league in face-off percentage. Blues are now number one at 55.6%. Yeah. And the reason you, is you Ryan O'Reilly, which Ryan is, O'Reilly. is 63. <laughs> 63.21 face-off percentage. He's leading the league right now in face-offs, which is... That's insane. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, you know, there's going to be a bit of regression and you're going to see him come back down, but it's we're, what, 15 games into the season and he's still like winning 10% above 50%, yeah. 13% above 50%. He was through the first, yeah, through the first eight games, he was a, he was at 70%, <laughs> which is, which is insane for nowadays having a guy win almost 70% yeah. of his faceoffs, which you get, you win a faceoff, you could control the puck and you're supposed to be, you know, unfortunately you think it would be better. You keep the puck out of your net, but it seems like that's not really happening. But anyway, yeah. Last year he ended up at sixty percent face-off percentage. So yeah, so he's uh, yeah he, he he's right around where well a little bit higher off than what he normally was. But yeah, so he so he won't regress too much. Yeah, yeah, he won't regress too much. He's actually another funny thing is for him he's actually he's tripled his penalty minutes from last year. He uh, finished with two <laughs> with three. He had two last <laughs> year. He, six, had, yeah. he had two last year. He is sick already. He had, he had four <laughs> two penalty minutes. Yeah, that was, was the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So he has six penalty minutes. Running four were in the second game of the year, which was kind of hilarious. But um, <laughs> so. the two last year were they for tripping himself? <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. Like, I wish I looked that. He up. got him like in the last game of the season or something. Or I remember because like people were making a huge like end. lady yeah, bang buzz. The end of the season, but that's remember, possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the last person I marked down is like someone to you know, keep an eye on. Which this could have been a sleeper kind of pick, depending on how how many people got in your league. Is uh, uh, David Perron. So Dave Perron, he has five goals, six assists this year, uh, three of them on the power play. Uh, he is kind of a completely different player than his last tour at the Blues. He is more complete. Um, his passing is – that the, the trip to Vegas did him wonders. I don't know <laughs> what say, Now he's a, he's a playoff veteran. <laughs> he's, he went yeah, all I mean, the way I, to the Stanley Cup, and he's like, oh, now I know how to play real. Yeah, yeah like the uh, – Offensive zone penalties are not happening anymore, which yeah. has been great. Um, I w- he is. Just, I wonder with Perron, he had a pretty big concussion with you guys the, the, before he got yes, picked uh, up Joe by the Thornton. 
Joe Thornton yes. was the uh, hit. And he was, 90, wasn't he out for like a year? 92 games. Yeah. Wow. And I wonder if like that weighed on him where he was just like way more, because like obviously playing the same stadium all the time. And I believe he got hurt when he was at in St. Louis. So, and I wonder if like just mentally it's like messes with you or like, oh, this is the place where like my life shut down for a year and a half. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah, I'm not I sure, wonder if like sure. just having that time away just helped out. It could have. And I think honestly, the trip around the league kind of helped him. Um, he, yeah. we traded him to Edmonton, who mm-hmm. traded him to, I get this right, Pittsburgh. I'm not getting this back. Oh, I forgot that he was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. He goes to Pittsburgh. So you got to play online with like Crosby and Malkin. And then he goes to Anaheim when he was playing with Getzlav and Perry. And then he, then he came back to the Blues. And then we let him go in the expansion draft to Vegas, and then he came back to Blues again. So the fun fact yeah. with David Perron is he's played with totals that count that five teams, including the Blues. He's yeah. only signed a contract with the St. Louis Blues. He's never signed, <laughs> he's never signed, he's never signed a contract with their team. He's been traded or lost in the expansion draft. Yeah. <laughs> he was traded, the, like those first three trades were on his first contract with the Blues. Yeah. Or I guess his his like first like big contract with the Blues. Yeah, his first big contract. We were that's looking crazy. to move, shake the team up, and that's when they traded him to Edmonton for uh, Magnus Payarvi and a pick, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. And then he came back, and you guys signed him again this year. Uh, yes, we. This is his third yeah. contract with the Blues. Yeah, he was a free agent after the Vegas thing. And, uh, we gave that's him hilarious. four years and uh, sixteen mil. The uh, yes, the the trade for Perron was uh, him and Mike Robinson for PayRV, uh, a second round pick which became a- Ivan Barbashev, and a fourth round pick which became Adam Musil. That worked out pretty yeah. well for the Blues. Yeah, so I, like I said, the Ivan Barbashev has been a really good player for the Blues this year. He's kind of re um, shaped himself to be a very like energy, hardworking fourth line guy instead of trying to be this like finesse mm-hmm. center, which um, basically he's kept him on this team because if he didn't do that, he probably would be down in San Antonio right now, but he's played very well this year. Cool. Um, how about people that like, you know, if you have them on your team, sell high, if you can drop them, like who there's no hope here. Who's the fool's gold of the St. Louis blues. Um, I had to mark two guys down. We kind of talked about one already. Um, well, Pat Maroon, you know, he has zero goals right now. That's probably why the way he's getting <laughs> sat tomorrow. Um, yeah. This, like we talked about earlier, the seven assists, but six more power plays. So you're getting power point points out of him. Um, and he's probably the only guy on the team who's really dropped the glove so far. He's got um, uh, 12 penalty minutes so far. So, I mean, you're kind of getting kind of a not getting the goals, but if you need the assist, um, his plus minus is not great. But you know, if you want penalty minutes, that type of guy, he's a guy that, you know, I don't see him kind of turning it around. This is a guy who started on the top line this year. He started out with Harrison Cano and Riley and just just didn't work out. He may have the Brendan Saad disease this year where he starts with a new team and everyone's like, oh, yeah, Pat Maroon, great. And then – Oh, yeah, I was all in. when. You know what happened with Saad last year. I know what happened with Saad last year. He stayed on my team for way too long. Oh, yeah. And then I finally got rid of him. Oh, yeah. So do you – can I tell you a quick story about Pat Maroon? Yeah. Okay. So um, he is from St. Louis. Uh, so uh, during the summertime, he obviously comes back to St. Louis. So one of the things that we have around here in the summertime, we have a local floor hockey league. No way. Yeah. So we um, play in there, and there's always this one team that just rolls guys. Some of the guys are played like semi pro roller hockey and whatever. And one of the guys yeah. was Pat Maroon's brother. So um, they would beat teams with like 15 goals or something like that. So, right. so <laughs> we're playing in this little gym in like 100-degree weather, and it's ridiculously hot. So we're playing them, and Pat Maroon is on their team for the summer. <laughs> so this is when he's with – this is before his trade to Edmonton. This is when he was with Anaheim. He plays, and the dude is just like taking shots from – like it's basically a basketball court is where we play it and it's basically in clo- you know has very tall walls and it's really yeah. really not really kind of good setup the way the gym worked out this guy was at the other end would fire a snapshot and like you wouldn't even see it and, yeah because uh, that's like the blue line <laughs> from where oh yeah so it was ridiculous shots. so we, anyway he um we're getting smoked or like really bad 
like eight nothing and it's almost the end of the second period and the that's like uh, the mercy rule there's like 20 seconds left and he has the puck and he gets to like mid court and we're like giving him space for some weird reason then he turns around <laughs> he turns around and fires a shot on his own goal so he scores so he can keep the game going <laughs> oh, no. no kidding so we play the third period that's savage oh yeah dude it was it, it was nothing we could do to like stop these guys and they just like were just rolling us so they're like one for you one for us one for you one it for was, us i think we were up to, they were like it was like 14 to 1 and they're still like half the game half the third period left and we're sitting there like they're on a power play and pat murray's just like the point and the snipes a shot top corner on my goalie, who's like uh, my really good friend. And I yelled to my friend because I'm just kind of getting pissed. I'm tired. And I said, hey, put that on your resume. And Pat Murray, Pat Murray thought I was talking to him. And he's like, you effing chirping me? You chirping me? And I was like, oh, no. And Pat Murray, like, not a small guy. Like, and I'm, man, I'm, yeah. I'm not like, you know, I'm like 6'1", 240. So I'm not like not a small guy either. But at the same time, like, this dude could kill me probably. <laughs> and uh so he was just like like in my face and i was on the bench and i have and he's in my face and then he like they had to like pull him away and i'm like oh, oh my gosh and i'm like but i guess that's if you become a professional athlete it's just like that insatiable competitive desire like, i think he, he it was like i say pull away like he was just getting close yeah the guys were like just get away like whatever like, like dude why, what are you it's doing yeah it's not worth it so uh, after the game after the game he wouldn't like shake anybody's hand Cause he was, I was near the end of the game. He's like getting fired up or whatever. So I like, I had to go over and said, no hard feelings, man. He's like, all right. Oh, okay. Which is hilarious. So yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. You had to so. talk down. An <laughs> oh yeah. So it's, it's funny though. So every time we, uh, talk about Pat Maroon on our show, we say floor hockey legend, Pat Maroon. <laughs> floor legend. Hey, well, I guess you can take, uh, a little bit of comfort in knowing that he hasn't scored this year. So <laughs> yeah, I know. I like, was, uh, I like, you, you wasted them all on your team. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. So all right. So anyway, that's that was my quick Pat Maroon story. I thought it was pretty good. So <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So I guess so. I, we're out on Patrick Maroon. Yeah. Who else is, are we out? I on? guess the guy like. Yeah, and this is another little caveat where I this he could easily turn it around. Honestly, if they fire the coach, <laughs> it's because you, you just don't go from like being a Norris guy to like a really bad defenseman. And right now right. Alex Petrangelo is doing pretty awful. He's lead, he unfortunately leads the team in plus minus as in he's a minus eight right now. Um, he's got the green jacket. Yeah. So he has three goals and four assists or two goals, four, six, excuse me. Uh, no, only one power play point. Hmm. So That's he crazy. is just Why do you not think it's, like what's the, the last year. Here? I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to say like, <laughs> Mike Yo's Mike Yo has never like had him. teams that are, he's never had teams that have done well like defensively. If you look at all the Minnesota teams, they like yeah. from the time they he took over, and he slowly they slowly regressed. And one of the main things that people said is like he never embraced the younger guys. He always went to with veterans. And as his season has gone on, he's been putting Jabo Meestron on a top pairing with with Alex Petrangelo. Sounds like Willie Mitchell. Uh, I always want to say Willie Mitchell. Willie Desjardins, so, who's now in L.A. Yeah, I heard, I heard some like, people in L.A. seem kind of excited to have him, but yet, like, I thought, like... So were we. Well, I, <laughs> no, we, were, I, we were excited to have him, too. Well, because I heard in, like, Vancouver, like, he doesn't... Like, obviously, he did not work out because he's not a coach anymore. But, um, but like, so, I heard conflicting things. I heard he didn't have much to work with in Vancouver, so, like, he did the best he could type thing, and he still was a good coach. Then I've heard other times where... He just didn't fully embrace what they were doing there and kind of kept going back to the yeah. and stuff. Mind you, Sadines still were great until they retired. But Yeah. My my analysis of this is that he plays, and we knew this coming in, he, he plays like a very um, structured game. And so like on offense, there's quite a bit of, I guess, detail in his breakouts. He always wants the puck to go to a certain player and then um, uh, one of the wingers, they want he wants to catch them like in flight coming up the wing, but it usually goes through like the centerman and then back out to the wing and then into the offensive zone. Hmm. And it required like I guess two or three passes to execute properly. And I'm I'm guessing that the Canucks just were not skilled enough to execute this. So when the Canucks played his system, it always looked like. They were skating into the neutral zone, getting stopped because it looked like everyone was playing the trap against them, when realistically they would just lose it in the neutral <laughs> zone. 
Jesus. It was like sort of like an unforced error. Um, mm-hmm. And it would turn back and they would be like, okay, well, we didn't get out of our zone. We have no offense to pressure. Da, 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 da. And the guys that were failing on him were generally the younger guys. And so he would go back to the guys that could play his system properly, which were the veterans or the guys that he, <laughs> he coached in. Ham- where, where did he play? Uh, in, in junior? Oh, um, um, I don't know. Hamilton or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Um, uh, anyways, mm-hmm. he went back to the guys that would play his system properly. Unfortunately, those were the guys that were like, that couldn't score, that couldn't, they just, it was a mess. Everybody in Vancouver has a Jason Magna or a Chaput yeah. story that yeah, they just, just or like, why is, why is that guy? Bay. Yeah. Like, Linden Bay was the yeah. classic Linden one. Bay. And so, like, I remember he, how good he was supposed to be. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> how good he was supposed to be. And so he got this, like, he got this, this uh, reputation of being like a really, like unflexible coach because he would always coach the same system and if you didn't play a system then he wouldn't play you and like he would just roll lines roll lines roll lines and he kind of admitted that he like lost a little bit of the desire to coach during the end of his his uh, tenure in Vancouver the the problem is is that he went and coached an Olympic team for Canada and did the exact same thing. It's like he played the same guys because they would play his system properly and they got to the gold medal game. And what happened? Russia was like, oh, we know how to break this system. We just stand where we always stand and you're going to skate right into us. Uh-huh. And so, like, he just has a very, I don't know, he doesn't have a very um, dynamic dynamic yeah. style. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he coaches one way and when it works, it works. When it doesn't work, he gets, gets I guess, kind of lost. So in LA, I think like, it, I feel like they'll have a more successful breakout. I think that they'll maybe be able to get through the neutral zone. The problem is, is if anything goes wrong, they're fucked. Like, <laughs> he's just gonna keep doing it. Yeah. And they're just gonna turn into a into a loser team again. Well, you they literally just described game, my growth. Yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> like they, they won the first two. Yeah. Coaches. It's, it's literally just everything <laughs> you described exactly how like I think Blues fans are feeling right now, where it's like he keeps pushing this system over and over again, and like it's not working like the even though they won against carolina yeah. four to one um it was the like i think that what somebody put on twitter the best is the least impressive four to one win i think i've ever witnessed <laughs> where it's like but the goals were great like ryan o'reilly if it wasn't ryan o'reilly and chad johnson kind of playing really well i think that could have been a lot different game but yeah like i said that's why i yeah. think uh um at the end of the game they showed a shot of our uh owner and in, in, in the owner's box and I never seen somebody look so unhappy to be winning four to one. <laughs> like, like you can tell. Like now he did, like now he doesn't have an excuse to go down and like fire Mike Gale. That's why. Hey, John Stevens got fired after a, a, a win, so I think he can get fired too. So that's true. That's true. But anyway, but yeah, those are two guys I kind of okay, like well, on my cell kind of list right now. I mean, obviously Petrangelo um, could turn it around, but just uh, right now he's in the midst of just probably his worst hockey of his career. So he might be a guy to consider uh, if you can get something, you know, change it up, get something different. Uh, like I said, Maroon, um, he recently was on the fourth line uh, after being on the top line to start the year, and now he's sitting. Yeah. So it might be a guy that you have that might try to make it something for him, or you might have to consider dropping him. Right. Um, one one person I noticed that was moving kind of up the lineup was uh, Fabry. Is he like kind of a one of those guys that prep? He's finally back, he's finally yeah. back after two years of ACL tears. Yeah, twenty months. So is yeah. he? Yeah. So is he one of those guys that perhaps if you're like a super deep league, or perhaps you're hitting on my watch list kind of thing? Is he kind of one of those players, or who else would be in that category? Yeah, he was the one guy I had on my list. Um, when he is fully healthy, he's a top six forward. Very easily. Yeah. Um, you can, mm-hmm. at the goal in Carolina, you can see, like, he may, my name is Curtis McElhaney, but he made Curtis McElhaney look dumb on, when, on two on one. So he has the potential when he's completely healthy. Like, this year was kind of my, like, all right, get back in gear. And then next year, you're going to be able to go full bore. Um, but I think he's going to get moved up. He started on the fourth line. Um, mind you, our fourth line is very different compared to past years. It's not a very, I guess you could say heavy line compared to what the Blues used to do with Ryan Reeves, mm-hmm. Steve Ott type guys. Um, mm-hmm. They used to mo- they moved to more a skilled fourth line. Uh, our big uh, prospect Robert Thomas has been anchoring that line right now. Um, he's kind of one of my guys to watch. Where he hasn't fully broken out yet, but with his Braden Shen injury, he's moved up to the second line center with uh, Schwartz and uh, Steen. 
So there could be potential. Who is that you said? Sorry. Uh, Robert Thomas. Who is who, Robert Thomas? Okay. Yeah. So he's a guy to keep an eye on, uh, like especially for deeper leagues, because uh, he's only owned right now in, in the Yahoo leagues. He's only he has only at one percent. So, so he's like a deep sleeper. Yeah, he's one of those guys he's where like he has, he, coma, he has pot- yeah, he has potential to break out if he because he's been slowly getting better. Um, tomorrow will be his tenth game in the league, meaning they the Blues are going to keep him and he's going to burn a year of his uh, ELC. ELC. So he is. Yeah. Uh, so he's slowly gotten better. He's uh, he's had comparisons in junior to like a Patrice Bergeron type guy, and I've seen it. It's a pretty good comparison. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Comparison. yeah. <laughs> he's just responsible on both ends, and he's very uh, has very good vision. Like a couple of pa- there's been a couple of times where he's made passes and just guys haven't finished. Uh, so he's a guy to watch out for. We talked about Fabry has been only back for a couple of games. Uh, he has uh, two points and four points. Yeah, he has yeah. two points. He had a he had a point. He had an assist on his uh, first shift. So yeah, they, they had a good goal last game. So. I expect him to trending up. Yeah, slowly. I think he's slowly going to get moved up in this lineup, especially with Maroon kind of faltering. He was on the second line when I looked at your last lineup. Yeah, he's been moving up. He was on the fourth line to start, and then for two games, and now he's up to the second line. So uh, he'll probably bounce around between the second and third line for a while there, uh, especially since Jaden Schwartz has been struggling this year. Uh, Schwartz only had one goal and three assists so far, but he's very much once he gets going. Like last year, he kind of had a similar start. He wasn't as good, but then after he got injured again. That once he came back from that, he was dynamite and leading the way. Right. So uh, another guy w- to watch is uh, Zach Sanford. He's a guy who hmm. um, lost his whole last season. He was injured the first 15 minutes of training camp last year. He was uh, in the corner with Dmitry Yaskin and fell awkwardly on his shoulder and tore his shoulder. Wow. So he was out. He lost the whole last year. Came back this year fully rehabbed. He he played a couple of games in San Antonio last year, but didn't you know didn't play too much. Came back this yeah. year, um, was looking pretty decent, and then unfortunately his uh, father passed away unexpectedly. So he's a guy mm-hmm. that uh, lost time. It got sent down, and then the Blues obviously had some injuries. Called him up, and ever since he's been called up, he was on the fourth line. And uh, we kind of talked about this maybe before we record. I can't remember now. The him O'Reilly and Perron line has been really good until we yeah. had injuries. They were doing very well. Uh, Sanford has three goals, four assists right now. He's only owned. Uh, he only has uh, six six uh, percent right now. He has a plus five as well. So he's kind of helping you across the board for fantasy. Hmm. So that might be a guy worth uh, checking out in your deep leagues. Uh, defenseman wise, there's two guys that are there. One guy's pretty much well known, which is Colton Pareko. Um, yeah. he's been shooting more this year, which is great. So, um, is he on any, is he on the power play? He is, he's fluctuated. He's sometimes on the first yeah. power play, the second power play, depending on injury and how things are going, but he's been shooting. That's the most important thing this year. Last year, he seemed very hesitant to shoot. And that's very odd for a guy who has a hundred mile an hour slap shot that <laughs> like, we're like, you could just, he just doesn't want yeah. to hurt anybody. <laughs> um, I just don't get it. But this year he's just been. Anytime he's the puck, he had one the other night uh, against Vegas, where it was a nice pass from O'Reilly across the way to him, and he just one-timed it. And it's one of those things where I don't think Mark Andre Fleury wanted to get in front of it. He kind of stuck his leg out Jeez. and just didn't care. <laughs> and it, it's like I hope this hits my pad. If not, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it was a it was just a laser shot. So he's a guy that is slowly trending up the last couple of games, three goals and two assists so far this year. Another guy who gets a ton of power play time um, is uh, Vince Dunn. Three goals, four assists so far. Um, of those seven points, five have been on the power play. So that's a guy that for maybe deeper leagues, start, maybe you can stash yeah. him. Um, Pareko is pretty well known because of his rookie year. You know, he was didn't have a great year last year. He's slowly working his way this year with, uh, if you have shots as one of your categories, he's a guy that was, he's been taking more shots. Um, so yeah, that would be a good Franco's thing. Franco's owned in 66% of leagues. Okay, so yeah, he's, like I said, he's more well-known. To like, I think Vince Dunn's a little bit lower than that. Yeah. Yeah, so I would say. But I mean, like, it, it looks like Pareko is is being owned on, on main, not on points right now. Correct. Um, he's just he's based also, on what he had his rookie year yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, but he's playing quite a bit, too. He's, like, 23 minutes a game. Yeah, he's uh, he's like I believe number 
two or three. I think we might say number two. Pareko, I know, excuse me, uh, Petrangelo is number one. Around almost at twenty-seven minutes, he's at around twenty-six thirty-four, I believe. Hmm. Cool. I think it's all really good fancy advice. Do you have any other blues tips or blues fun facts you want to share with us before we hop off the air here? I, I'm, I'm going to say here right now that that uh, Patrick the Patrick Maroon one story like, an all time. That's yeah, one of my favorite stories already, <laughs> and we've only just started. Thing. <laughs> yeah, you now own uh, the the award for the best player. Well, that's good. <laughs> Hopefully, I can hold on to that then. But, uh, we'll give you a trophy at the end of the season. Sweet. Um, so I guess the only I guess real big fantasy advice, like I guess I had some guys that they consider not owning at all, like don't touch, <laughs> is obviously and it's pretty obvious is a uh, Jake Allen is a uh, yeah three point nine nine save percentage and point. This is that's so terrible. Point eight seven nine save percentage. And uh, oh my god, he is he is four and three and three right now. Um, Jason, do you know what uh, Jake Allen's nickname is? I heard that you may have <laughs> looked at the Wikipedia article. <laughs> I did see the change that was meant on Wikipedia. It was it's supposed to be Jake the Snake, but uh, I can't remember the exact name. It was, it was never Jake the terrible. Snake. <laughs> it's just terrible. It's, terrible. it's just terrible. Yeah, fully which cited is, too. But yeah, yeah. Which is that? Yeah. Can you just do that? Can you say <laughs> something and then cite it on Wikipedia, and then it becomes just fact. Technically, yes, because somebody actually uh, after the game the other night, somebody changed the Blues profile. Said head coach said Joel Quenville. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So it just went back. It was an archived page. Yeah. So they basically changed back. it to, back to Joel Quenville, which I thought was great. So that's awesome. Well, perhaps maybe uh, as kind of a send off, maybe you can bestow an honorary nickname upon upon a Blues player, and we'll uh, we'll make it official. Oh man, like I, can, I like. Floor hockey maroon. Floor hockey maroon. Floor hockey legend maroon. Floor hockey legend, maroon. legend Pat maroon. So you go with that one. There you um, go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The other one, which what are, do is a, a fan favorite David Perron because um when the Blues had fan favorite. Yeah, because of what the the story behind that is during free agency, the Blues obviously needed to make moves, and the O'Reilly thing really wasn't. It was reported that it was dead in the water, so we signed David Perron, Tyler Bozak to deals. So they had the little press conference with uh, Doug Armstrong talking about the moves and he kept saying fan favorite David Perron over and over again. <laughs> so every time we talk about him on the podcast, we would say fan favorite David Perron. It, it, you know. It's very fam- very fam- uh, similar to 18 uh, year old Sam Bennett. I don't know if you <laughs> oh, heard yeah. that one. I heard that one. Sam Bennett. 18 year old Sam Bennett and then he became 18 year old 19 year old Sam Bennett. Yeah. Now, I don't know what is he 22. Yeah. So he's 18 year old, 19 year old, 20 year old, 21 year old, 22 year old Sam Bennett. Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, just, yeah, but, yeah. Just trying to think of anything. Also trying to think of um, I I worked out the Blues for one season, um, and of course, it was the season that they had their worst record in their history. Um, that was the year after the lockout <laughs> when they stripped the team down to nothing, and I got an intern down there. So I'm trying to think of a. Uh, Anything good? Um, blue, I did get a meet on a regular basis. Was a uh, Bob Plager, which is uh, kind of an original blue. Uh, he still works with the team and super nice guy. Oh, nice. Um, we'll come in every game and shake our hands and ask how we were doing and stuff. That's Most awesome. genuinely was, nice. Do you guy. think he was just like he was just bored, no, or did he? Like- no, he was like super genuine. He was actually like you, like you could kind of tell when some guys like we had guys like Mark Sauer was the president of the Blues and Larry Plo would walk by. And we were like, oh, hi, hi Mr. Polo. And he just like, hey, and just walked by. He wouldn't care. Yeah. He didn't care. Yeah. He was like, you guys are making yeah. like six bucks an hour. I don't give a shit about you. So um, the best thing we had, um, so the Blues um, offices are like below, underneath the rink is how the Blues. So yeah, it's very odd how they're like, kind of like underneath everything. And you have to, you have to enter through like the outside. And it's very odd. So we used to have to go down there and get ready for games. And we were basically trying to get people to buy season tickets. That was my job. And uh, one of my bosses was Bruce Affleck, who is um, growing up. He was the color analyst on TV for the Blues. It was him. Oh, nice. It was him and uh, Ken Wilson. Eventually, Joe Micheletti took over for Bruce Affleck, and Micheletti moved on. I think he's with the he went to the Rangers, but I think he's with the Islanders now. I think I think he's still in New York somewhere. But anyway, mm-hmm. but uh, so Bruce Affleck would wind up being like a. I'm not exactly sure what he was that like he was just like an hr person or just kind of helped out or he's like one of the sales manager guys anyway he we had our big christmas party and everybody's drinking having a good time and we're and it's, and it's the infamous um 
Brett Hall retirement night. Uh, Brett Hall retirement night. The Blues got smoked by Detroit five nothing. Like, <laughs> that seems like yeah. that had to happen. Oh, excuse me. That was Al. <laughs> of course, it's good. That be. was the Al McKenna's night, which sadly enough, same score as the. Oh it, no! <laughs> yeah, very. They got and it just like laughed out of the building. So I use the best part is like I got to watch hockey every game. And it, you know, as much as it was like an awful season, I still got to go. Sit, there's plenty of seats, unfortunately, so I was able to sit wherever I wanted and catch good games. I like catch games, but anyway, I go down to see Bruce during this thing, and we have closed caption TV in, and we're just watching our closed circuit TV, excuse me, and we're just watching yeah. the game. And everybody's in his office, like all the salespeople are in there feeling good, and all of a sudden, he pulls out this huge cigar and lights it up in front of us, and. I'm sitting there like, and just smoking away and just asking us questions. And the guy, one of the guy I'm working with next to me, the other intern goes, uh, Mr. Affleck is a smoking building. He stares right at us, takes a huge drag, huge puff of his cigar, blows it out and goes, nope. <laughs> and, just, <laughs> and I'm just like, that's some balls. And I'm like, that's awesome. you're the, I'm like, you're, you're my most favorite boss of all time. Who's gonna stop him? Yeah, it was great. It was, and uh, but he was also extremely nice guy. So it was kind of fun to see the inner workings of a kind of a hockey team and to kind of see yeah what goes on down there because I got to see plenty of times. I got to see like at the time I believe Mike Kitchen was a coach and you see him after practice or he'd be in before the game. He'd be in talking to Larry Plo and you see them having conversations. Sometimes that you could tell was animated. Yeah, and yeah. stuff. So it was very, awesome. so it was interesting to kind of see that and kind of like because I'm very big on. Uh, that's why I think I really kind of gravitated to fancy hockey is like building teams. And stuff yeah, so yeah, I, that's really great. I, it's it's so cool to be able to like peek behind the curtain a little bit. I think we're all like, I mean, that's why we all play fantasies. <laughs> we want to be behind the curtain and tell everyone that they're doing a bad job. Yeah, and we all think we're like better GMs than oh, yeah, 100% the like, people who are running the teams, right? You're like, look at me, I traded you know, these garbage players for like one really good player. Why doesn't Dave notice do that? Or why doesn't, you Dave know, notice, that's <laughs> Dave that was the first GM that came to mind. But, oh yeah. Cause I've always like, um, when it comes to like fancy hockey's kind of filled that void for when I would play like NHL, I think it was 95 was the first year where you could do the trades on a game. Oh, and I would, yeah. I would just, GM mode. I would, GM mode. I would love doing that. And I was like, I played the game, but I yeah. almost loved doing the GM mode and building a team and building a dynasty and stuff more. Um, and the, the sad part is I can still tell you the trade on the back of the NHL 95, um, box, the exact trade, which is, which is, it was the year that Vancouver and, uh, the Rangers were in the final. Yeah. 94, 95. Yes. <laughs> so that was that one. So they had, it was Kirk McLean and Pavel Bure go to the Rangers for Mike Richter and Mark Messier. And it was like oh, a, is- an approved <laughs> trade. Oh my gosh! That was on the back of the box. <laughs> yes, yeah, you can look it up. I'm 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 ninety nine percent sure that was the uh, trade. Okay, that is literally the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that hurts me to my core. Yeah, so I always thought I thought that'd be a good. Thing. We already got met. We we got Messier in real life, and it sucked. <laughs> yeah, you got the you got the. And I guess Beret did go to the Rangers too, didn't he? Yeah, he did at some point. He did. Yeah, yeah. He so it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So. They see you guys at okay. Messi at the kind of like near the end of his uh, career, kind of like the Blues did with like a lot of other yeah. guys. So I mean, oh, we're yeah. ending here. We're not talking about Messi. <laughs> no, we're Messi. Let's <laughs> hope go for another twenty-five. Let, let's hope Jason, when you win that lottery and you buy the Blues, you're not making any of those type of trades. Yeah, don't make and all you're doing trades. is is sitting floor hockey legend Patrick Maroon, getting rid of making Joe me Joe, Jay Bomeister the coach, <laughs> and uh, you know really doubling down on the Tarasenko. So. Uh, we thank you so much for all the advice you could give us and all the really awesome blues stories. Uh, I know, no I, problem. I, 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 I peek behind the curtain. Uh, you actually injured your knee uh, right before, and uh, and they, people always talk about hockey players being really gritty and playing through injuries and everything like that. But people never talk about how much podcasters uh work through their injuries and how gritty oh, yeah, they are I did, so I did. yeah uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah propped up, have it propped up and. Uh, it's true. You're go. you're battling a knee thing. My throat's yeah, itchy. Dil- Dylan has yeah. There Dylan has a runny that. nose. So <laughs> we're we're all we're not we don't do it because for the gl- for the glamour. We do it because we're gritty. So uh, we thank you so much. No problem. And if uh, 
anybody wants any blues questions or any kind of I, – I'm usually generally open to any kind of fantasy advice. I usually try to follow the league the best I can, uh, mostly yeah, blues yeah. stuff. If you have any blues questions, um, you can hit it. Where can on, we find you? Yeah, on Twitter, it's uh, at Blues Hockey NHL. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Instagram. And then if you want to listen to our show, it's uh, bluesHockeyPodcast.net. Uh, that would be iTunes. Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and YouTube. So we're everywhere. That's awesome. Right on. Yeah. Thanks, man. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. All right. And thank you so much. Uh, and that's been another episode of the Winter's Coming Fancy Hockey Podcast. As always, you can find us online at stlouisshoes.com. Uh, St. Louis Shoes. St. Louis Shoes.com. <laughs> you can email us yolobag at stlouisshoes.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on the podcast store. You can find us What's the podcast, the podcast, the podcasts app. You can find us on Google Play. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on GeoCities. You, you can, can find <laughs> in Vancouver. Also, uh, on the exactly. You'll find us there. There's many ways to find us, but uh, as always, uh, we will see you next week for I an undetermined show for another <laughs> for another podcast. Uh, have a good night. Thank you. Bye.